If you want to become the expert and to master anything, you talk to the experts. You talk to 10 or 50 or 100 of them, and you then distill down what you've learned from those people. That's how you become the expert. That's just all there is to it. You hear all the bull about marketing every day. Make your money in your sleep. My new offer is crushing it. My guru could beat up your guru. It's time to go right to the source and get the truth about marketing. With your host, the founder of CopyChief.com, Kevin Rogers. Hey, welcome back to The Truth About Marketing. It's Kevin Rogers. This is the show where we go deep with the people who are actually out in the trenches making it happen for their business and find out what moves the needle on their traffic, on their sales, and how they are best able to reach people and, uh, and help people. So today I'm thrilled to bring on another great podcaster. Uh, see how I just lumped myself in with all great podcasters. That was crafty. A man with uh, very popular, you can find him on uh, the Rainmaker Network over there at Hack the Entrepreneur. It's John Nestor. Hey, John. Wow, Kevin, thank you so much. Thanks for being here, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I'm inter- it's interesting. Uh, we were talking a little bit just a minute ago about how I don't know if you really went into podcasting hoping it would, you know, take over your business, but it, it pretty much has. Was it something you kind of fell into or was it, was it really driven with, with a blueprint, as they say? Uh, well, Hack the Entrepreneur is the second podcast I launched. The first one was about a year and a half prior to Hack the Entrepreneur. And I'm the kind of person who ha- I think I've always just dreaded the sound of my voice. <laughs> and... So it's, it doesn't seem like I should be a podcaster, but my business had allowed me some time. And so in the summer of 2014, after being in a mastermind actually in the Philippines with some brilliant people that previous mm. March, I knew I had to start something that I should kind of put myself, you know, like into the uncomfortable feeling and just go for it, right? Yeah. Try something new. So I decided to do it as a selfish means. Um, mm. I wrote out 30 people that I would love to talk about business with. And if I just called them up and said, hey, could we, do you want to jump on a call for 30 minutes? They would say no. But if I was hitting record for right. a podcast, they would probably say yes. So selfishly, I went for <laughs> it. But about like, I'm going to say seven to eight weeks into launch, um, there was kind of that spark that kind of happened. There was like some real momentum building. There was people talking. It was cool. It was really good. And I decided at that point that I had to either go all in and see how far I could push this thing, mm-hmm. or else I had to kind of just let it slide and then always wonder where it could have led. So I went all in. Wow, cool. And now what does that mean to go all in on a podcast? I mean, what what things can you put the energy to most that, that you know are going to have an impact? I think it was, it was really like working on making sure to find the first 30 guests were really easy, like I said, because I just knew like, if I could talk to these people, that would be amazing. Yeah. But then after that, it was kind of like, oh, now who do I talk to? So I hired an assistant and she like worked full time, like just finding me lists of people and I'd look into them and be like, Mm -hmm. yes, yes, yes. The first 30 were easy because I was so excited to talk to these people Mm -hmm. that it came across in the interview. But then it was like, well, if I'm going to talk to somebody I'd never heard of, I needed something like that. And I knew that that's what people liked about the show was that I was really engaged in the conversation. So I did that. And then with the assistant, she also could do like marketing after the fact, right? So Mm -hmm. we really stepped up our game on artwork. We really stepped up our game on social media. And then we stepped up our game in PR as in like 
getting out to other people so I could maybe guest post or get mentioned in other places. Mm -hmm. And I also went from two episodes a week to three, which is like a 50% increase in production, meaning that you'll probably get in front of more people and more ears will hear you. So Mm -hmm. that was my going all in. And yeah, that's just what I went for. That's great. I love your voice. You know, it's one of those, it's very unique. You kind of remind me of Ray Romano. Nice who's the guy, that's a compliment. It's a guy, <laughs> I did comedy, you know, back in my twenties and it was fortunate to work with Ray once and that, you know, he just has a certain energy about him that you're reminiscent of. Oh, thanks. And uh, have you gotten used, more comfortable with your voice? Do you listen back to your shows quite often? Or are you one of those, like an actor who's like, no, I can't see my own movies? <laughs> yeah, no, I don't listen to it at all. I edited the first 30 episodes myself and I had a really hard time with it. <laughs> but I don't anymore at all. But I mean, like I'll hear, because people will send me like ad spots that I record for them back and ask for certain spots. So I'll listen to it and it doesn't bother me anymore. Right. But like literally... Like two years ago, Kevin, I, if I recorded like my daughter doing something hilarious on an iPhone, like on video, and I said something in the background and then <laughs> right. played it back later, I cringed. I was like, oh. And now it's like, I just, I podcast like all day, every day. And my, you know what I mean? It's a right. weird thing to get used to, yeah. but that was me. That was like, if you asked me anything that I would possibly ever start doing, it would never be radio <laughs> or podcasting That's so funny. or writing. And now it's the two things I do. So. That's something. Wow. Cool. So you've now interviewed 176 entrepreneurs for your show, Hack the Entrepreneur. And so, you know, you're talking to these, you know, top level entrepreneurs about what what's helped them become successful. But tell me, you know, is there for you like a telltale sign of somebody who's just like not going to make it? I mean, obviously, you're, you're not talking to them on your show, if that's the case. But, you know, people you meet who have entrepreneurial aspirations you know, there are like certain things where you're like, ah, oh boy, that's going to that's gonna make it challenging for you. Ooh, that's a good question. I think that, I think I would have to say that if they aren't maybe unique enough or willing to be themselves enough, mm. if they're trying to be like the people that they look up to all the time and they're constantly like being like, What's, what's those animals that like just change into everything? Oh, um, like a chameleon? Yeah, totally. Yeah, like, yeah. And so it's, it's the one thing I've really learned after interviewing like 200 plus people now is that like I ask the same first question every single time and I've mm-hmm. never got the same response and mm-hmm. everybody answers it confidently. And that's hilarious because to me, it's like you guys all do 200 completely. Like, it's not like there's one path to success. Mm, right. It's just, it's got to be your path. It's got to be how you work. It's got to be how you think. It's got to be how you live. And it's got to be confident. And you got to mm-hmm. know that it will change and it'll adapt and things flow. But in the time that you are now, you have to be confident. So when I see somebody comes up to me and they either send me an email that's like, so just like verbatim copied. That like I can almost tell they just copied it off somebody else's site and it's so (laughs) not their voice. It's just like you got to. And I appreciate the fact that we have to kind of grow into this. This is something we get as we get older. We get comfortable being ourselves and just being confident even in our own weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And that's really what allows and that's what I can see from people and feel in them, in their voice, in the way they just discuss their ideas, even though they don't know necessarily what to do next. They're confident in that not knowing and they're comfortable with being uncomfortable and Mm. that allows them to succeed. Wow, that's that's a great answer. That's a great answer because I think you're so right. It's something you said in there about the the ability to just kind of know you're going to screw it up. There's no way to be perfect out of the gate and just be willing to do that. 
right? Just, you know, you're, you're so sort of passionate about not following a path, but just being in it and doing it and seeing some progress that, you know, you're okay having a beginner's mindset all the time. And the amazing thing about this business is that so many people are willing to, to share and teach. It's not the same, that is not a common thing, right? So it, we're sort of blessed to be in an industry where you can pick 30 people and say, hey, would you like to be on my show? And they're like, yeah, and I'll, I'll kind of answer any question you ask me like really <laughs> transparently, right? Yeah, totally. And, and we're not teachers, right? But we try and teach. Like we we're, try and yeah. show what we've done. And I mean, that's why it's kind of counterintuitive when I say that we all have to be different. Like I have a show called Hack the Entrepreneur. Most people come thinking, I'm going to give you the hack that's going to now make you successful. It's like, no, I'm showing you everybody's hack. Every, and the fact that they're all 100% unique. And yes, you have to try things and see what works for you. Sometimes you can get up in the morning and be super productive for the first three hours. Sometimes you have to sleep till noon. That's cool. Do that confidently and you will move forward. You will continue to push your needle ahead and grow as a person and as an entrepreneur. That's awesome. Now, it's interesting you said about asking the same question you know, out of the gate. I love that. But you also don't have the same questions for every guest, like some shows have. And that's probably the one thing I've seen mimicked the most is that people will have this set of questions they will not stray from it at all. And so talk to me about, was that something you did early on, kind of devise this first question and has it evolved at all? And what makes it the kind of question that so many different people can answer uniquely? So I have four questions now that I ask every episode mm -hmm. and then all the rest just are all strictly based on where the conversation goes. Right. But I only have those as kind of anchor points mm -hmm. so that we don't get so far off on a tangent. To me, all the shows that existed at the time, I'm obsessed with business, I'm obsessed with business podcasts, was that they went off on, well, there was like the really, really rigid ones, which are cool, but then there was also the ones that went off on like two and three hour tangents. Yeah, the Joe Rogan edition of a, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> which those have a time and place yeah. and I really enjoy them at certain times, but that wasn't, for me, I wanted to get something I wanted to know. And so I really thought like old school radio, right? Like I want to have a really definitive intro outro song. I want to have exactly that. If somebody goes to minute 22 at any episode, they know what they're going to listen to. It's going to be at this point. And it varies a bit because of the time, because it is a podcast, mm -hmm. but I, people know, like it follows that, like there's my pre-hack sort of thing at the end where I talk about what it's going to be. And then I have the same sound effects. I have the same everything put into it. I wanted people to be comfortable and to just kind of get into the conversation. And then the idea for having a hack quote on, at the end was to get my feedback from people was I'm listening to it. And it's really, really good. But the same with most podcasts is sometimes all of a sudden it's like something happens, the conversation ends and it kind of knocks me off. And I'm like, oh, I just, I wasn't paying attention for the last 15 minutes because I was <laughs> working out or I was doing this. Right, and so right. I was like, all right, how can I make people? I was like, what if I create like a game out of it? Mm -hmm. And I get people emailing me and tweeting me all the time, telling me like the hack that I picked is exactly what they want or how they stop it right before. And husband and wife will like, argue about which, what I'm going to pick for the hack. Mm. And then they'll like argue with me. It's like, well, I get, it's my show, you know, I get to kind <laughs> of pick it and it's completely subjective, but 
I wanted something so people were really paying attention and would follow through to the end. I was just trying to overcome sort of the inertia that comes with podcasts. Mm. And I guess I hit it in a certain way that people do like it. Yeah. And so that was really my thinking. I really just wanted to old school radio and then find a way to make him listen all the way through. Yeah, I think that's really smart because it's, like you said, it, it keeps it on the rails, but it allows for spontaneity and real conversation. Which I think is essential. Yeah. So tell me, you mind sharing what is that first question? Because I know you word it in such a way that it allows people to be creative or, you know, at least unique with their answers. Yeah, totally. So if you were on my show, it would be, Kevin, as an entrepreneur, what is the one thing that you do that you feel has been the biggest contributor to your successes so far? Right. Great. That's it. And so it's really just a confidence thing. Like it's right. It's, and, and it's like, I, I agree that you don't have to have one thing. That's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. But we could all think back and be like, actually, it's probably this in me that does it. It's probably this. And it's just so far. That's not because it's not what it's always going to be. It's not like, well, I am brilliant at this. And I'm always going to be like that. That's not what I'm asking. I'm just saying so far, like looking yeah. till today, right. what's brought you here? Mm-hmm. We all have some idea, right? So absolutely. And and so do you find that most of your guests, I'm sure you send the four questions in advance, give them a chance to prepare. And then do they find that helpful? Can you sort of tell who's thought this through and who hasn't? Yeah, typically, typically. And so as my show's grown, it really doesn't stump people. So not everybody reads that email I've learned, <laughs> but most people now listen to at least one episode before if they don't already listen to the show. Mm-hmm. Because as the show grows, then I get people requesting to be on the show. You know what I mean? It's not right. me. It's not like a favor to me anymore to be on my show. Right, right. Now people want to be on and now people want to do well once they're on because right. they're in front of a decent sized audience. So they kind of step up their game. I ask that question now and people don't like, before there was like, sometimes there'd be like 30 second gaps and I would just sit here smiling <laughs> quiet. Be like, I'm just going to let this person sweat and they're going to come up with something really good. But now it's, people know the question, it seems. So right. it's not really an issue. Yeah. As a, as a, as a guest, I find it helpful. You know, I, it's like you said, it's, it's good to have a balance. Like I, I'm thrilled to have the questions in advance to a degree, but you don't want it to be a rigid interview. I know with, with John Lee Dumas, I, I found it incredibly helpful to know the questions and to be able to understand Like he really emphasizes, tell me a story. He just wants story. Right. And for me, it was like the easiest thing in the world to do well on the show because I just made one rule. It's like, when he says to me, tell me a story about, I'm not going to say, well, it's, it's a funny thing about success. <laughs> I'm going to say it was, it was October 7th, 1985. Yeah. And it was partly cloudy, you know? And so that's the thing is like, if you want to do well on a podcast, it's pretty easy to do it, right? Yeah, especially, well, if the host sets you up, it helps yeah. you, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, they know their audience better than you do, or they should. I mm-hmm. mean, um, John Lee Dumas is an absolute brilliant master of it. Like mm-hmm. he, he has it down to a science. It's amazing. And he's, you're exactly right. He tells you when story's good, when this, and his questions are all the same, which is great. And so he just tells you why hide them, right? Like right. here, like let people prepare, let people have great answers ready. Right, right, right. Yeah. So really interesting now, how else has the podcast shaped your business? Like, so you can you talk about numbers. Do you mind talking about numbers a little bit? Like, sure. what was your first goal for downloads? My first goal for downloads was, oh, that's a good question. I don't know what my first goal for downloads was. I mean, I really, really, really strive to hit 100,000 downloads in a month. Mm-hmm. And I only recently hit that. <laughs> um, and it feels 
freaking great. It should. Yeah. It's, it's, but, and then, I mean, there was like the million mark and I actually completely missed the million mark. I realized it and it was like 1.2 something million. I was like, oh, I totally missed the million mark. I couldn't <laughs> even celebrate. Oh, and so it's like now I'm preparing for 5 million. <laughs> so the big things that have changed is the biggest one was, I mean, I started this on literally a $125 design WordPress site that I put up myself and got designed by some guy at 99designs. I completely started with like not knowing what I was doing, except for like the business marketing side of it and putting it into a podcast. I had never interviewed anybody in my life before I started that July. Hmm. Um, I literally like on Monday, I started emailing people and Thursday I started interviews and it's worked out really well. Then that was September. So February of last year. So about like six or seven months later, I interviewed Brian Clark Mm -hmm. Um, It was actually part of my original 30 that I wanted, but there was a weird miscommunication and then he asked to be on the show. Hmm. And (laughs) it was funny, but I had asked him in July, but he didn't see it. So that's funny. He was on the show and literally like the second we were done recording, we just kept talking. He talked about this new network that they haven't announced yet, but they're coming out. But he's like, we're going to have, we'd like to have you on as well. The rest are all copy blogger shows. I was like, well, yeah, of course, that's awesome. And then as that was kind of happening, then he called me up one day and said, have you ever thought about teaching podcasting to people? And I was like, mm, I get asked a lot of questions about it, but it's not really my thing. He's like, what, what, we should do it. So we started the showrunner. We created another podcast and a podcasting course that is a copy blogger course that I created with them. Cool. And so that, I mean, like revenue generation wise, that w- was really good last year and that worked really well. And that helped me sort of work with copy blogger as a team, which was really fun, but I still keep my independence. and. Then it's just kind of led from there. Um, Entrepreneur.com at one point in there started me. So I write for them once a week as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And I write for Founder Mag now. Just things that kind of, those are, and those, all of those things all have led from literally just making a connection during the interview. As soon as I'm like, all right, we're off the air. Then it's like, oh, the conversation goes here. Like, oh, I have a good friend who's editor at Entrepreneur. I'm going to introduce you. And then literally just, it's okay. Now I write for Entrepreneur. And then it's like, I talked to the guy from Founder Mag. He's like, you should start writing. It's like, okay. Hmm. It's just literally from that. Like, you should join our network. You should make a course with us. Like all this stuff, wow. just from making the connection during that half hour interview. Right. That's crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. Yeah. You know, and I don't want people to get the wrong idea if you're listening. I think people are beginning to start podcasts thinking it's a great networking tool. But I'll just warn people that it's pretty transparent if that's what you're doing. Like you should really like John did start, start with, uh, you know, a passion, a reason that you want to talk to people. You have some burning questions. You feel like you can represent a listener who has similar questions. You know, one problem I see John is like people will invite you on their podcast that they're, you know, uh, planning <laughs> and you'll say, well, can I go listen to it? And they're like, oh, well, you know, it's, it hasn't debuted yet, but uh, really excited to have you as my first guest. And you're like, I'd like to be your 10th guest once, <laughs> once, once it's live. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, so how do you sort of get started when, you know, you don't have clout and uh, you don't have a show yet? You just sell your ass off. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, yeah. I know as hard as it is to say that and to say, yes or no to people that don't have a show. I didn't have a show. Nobody knew who I was. I had been running online businesses for years, but I was behind the scenes. I could just like as the marketing side of it and stuff. And that was cool. But I literally, as ridiculous as it sounds, I got tired of just like hanging out on the beach with my family and working from a laptop. Mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of make a presence. I wanted to do something if I could. 
And that involved me reaching out to people. I had no idea who they were. They had no idea who I was. Hmm. And just like, use your business sense, use your marketing sense, use your networking sense and like create a cool short email. I mean, if anybody has wants my email, they can email me, uh, John at Hack the Entrepreneur. I'll send you the email. It's short. It's to the point. It said I didn't have a podcast at this point, but hmm. here quickly in like two sentences, here's why this show will not only launch, it will launch really well because I know what the hell I'm doing online. And that was it. And people That's are great. like, cool. And then I actually did like a short two minute little video for each person for the first 30. And it was literally just one take with my laptop, me just sitting here like, here's why I want you on my show. And this isn't just me making this up. I've like admired what you've done for the last this many years. Yeah, I know exactly about you. And people, I actually got two different people were just like, no, sorry, can't do it. Like instantly just a generic thing. And then, mm -hmm. whoa, dude, I just saw that video you attached. Like, yeah, how can I say no to that? It's like, yes, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. So, but that's a great point you make about that whole networking thing. Cause mm -hmm. there's nothing freaking worse than people you'd be on their show. And then it's all of a sudden like, then it's just like literally like pitch fest after it's like, right. dude, I don't know you. And <laughs> when I say that, like I've made these awesome connections, like I think I made three, I mentioned three awesome connections that have helped my business dramatically. That's from I've done, I think it is to date as of yesterday, I think it was 221 interviews I've done. Wow. So I don't release all interviews because some of them mm. just don't work out for either okay. side. That's fine. But it's, you're right. Like I don't reach out to people after I don't try and use it as a networking tool, but you're having a half hour conversation with somebody. Right. If you're really into it and they're really into it, that leads somewhere. That's it. But it's happened three times in 221. <laughs> right. So this isn't a networking, but that also never would have happened if I didn't put in the work and interview 221 people. Yeah. Great point. Right. And I, I think there was a huge takeaway in how you approach those people. I was talking to a friend who's starting a podcast and he's in the, he's a passionate young filmmaker. And he said, you know, I'm reaching out to people who it's just, there's no way I, I could help their career or being on this podcast could help their career. I said, you know what? You know what will make them want to come on? Teach them, express that you're very passionate and that you're on a mission to learn from the best so that maybe you can be great someday. And you have these burning questions and show, prove what you did, John, is, is show that you're a fan of their work. Give specific details that shows that you pay attention to what they do and admire it for specific reasons. Exactly. Totally. Actually, since you asked me what my first question was and I like on the spot, I was like, oh, I just brought up the Word doc quickly. And it's sitting on my desktop now, the same Word doc that's always there when I'm doing an interview. And it's all black text, except at the very top in dark reds. It's been there since the very first interview. It says, to master anything, talk to the experts. Great. And that's a line from uh, what's it, Tony Robbins. Mm. That's how he figured out what he's doing. He said, and he's like, that's how you do anything. If you want to become the expert mm -hmm. and to master anything, you talk to the experts. You talk to 10 or 50 or 100 of them, and you then distill down what you've learned from those people. Mm -hmm. That's how you become the expert. That's just all there is to it. And that's what I remind myself all the time. It's like, that's why I talk to brilliant business people. That's yeah. why I do it, because I love it. And I learn from every single one of them. Yeah, great. Okay, so hopefully I prepped you well enough <laughs> and uh, you graciously agreeing to do the show with my one essential question for my show. And I uh, hope I didn't wait too long in the interview because we talked about a lot of cool stuff. But uh, John Naster, what is the one thing that you've done in your marketing that produced the most surprising results? Uh, being human and exposing, I guess, the true essence of Johnny Naster. The whole punk rock drummer thing, the whole DIY ethic of punk rock that I learned in high school and have brought with me 
Um, I think I hid it for a long time in business because I didn't think it had a place. Mm. Um, but when I launched Hack the Entrepreneur, I brought it back in full force. And it's really a huge, huge proponent of what has brought me to where I am. Even like that most of my fans are not into punk rock or into drumming. That's, that's still what they've, there's something about that connection that they know that about me, this human aspect, and they just love it. Mm. And it is it's the craziest, weirdest marketing tactic that I didn't know that I was really doing. But um, I had some really smart people right after I launched who were just like, man, that punk rock thing is genius. And I'm like, I can't believe this person is emailing me. Thank you. <laughs> and then it was like, that's cool. That's really, really cool. And then the thing that Pat Flynn had worked with me was at the beginning of each of my shows, when I introduced myself, I'm like, I'm John Naster, but you can call me Johnny. Mm -hmm. And that was Pat Flynn totally just like, dude, that's like, that's you like choosing them, these listeners are your specific people. They get to call you Johnny. Everybody else, it's John Naster. Mm. And I was like, that's cool. And I get so many emails about that. And so many, like I meet people at conferences. They're like, so do I get to call you Johnny? It's like, yeah, of course you do. <laughs> Serious, man. That's just, that's literally just the human aspect yeah. of your brand. That's to Very me, cool. that's brilliant. It works well. I love it. But I didn't create it. <laughs> that's cool. Though. Hey, you, you followed instructions well. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny that it's true. It's the thing that I did that with stand-up comedy. I hid it. I'd learned to hide it to try to get hired anywhere, you know? And it took a mentor, same thing with me, to say, why aren't you talking about that really interesting thing you did in your life? <laughs> and the only thing that I know about you is just, is like, just in that sense is the fact that when your, your email came through, all that stood out to me was like, wow, he was a stand-up comedian for like 20 years or something? I'm like, that's friggin' awesome. Right. Like, and this go, guy's going to know how to act behind a mic. He's going to know how to hold a conversation. This is going to be fun. Right. That was it. It was like, and like all the credentials, everything else, like, yeah, of course, everybody's going to put that in there. Right. But just give me something to a story, something to like that I can relate to. Right. That's cool. That's yeah. smart, man. It's really smart. Awesome. Thank you. Tell me who's your favorite punk rock drummer. My favorite punk rock drummer. Oh, I guess I would have to go with, I'm going to go with his name's Smelly. He plays drums for a band called No Effects. <laughs> oh, it has to be, right? It's got to be exactly. a guy with a nickname like Smell. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or Marky Ramone. I'll oh, give him man. credit too because he's a classic. What was the name of the band? The Smelly's band? No Effects. N-O-F-X. Oh, cool. I'm check those out. Check them out. What about Trey Cool? You consider him a punk rock drummer or is he yeah, more? Totally. Yeah, totally. He is. Yeah, yeah, totally. Green Day to me is punk rock. Punk rock is... Anything that makes you feel good and want to shake your ass. Yeah. You, you still play? You get to play out once in a while? Yeah. yeah. I'm in two bands right now. When, wow. we're, when we're back in my hometown, I play in two bands right now. So I play three to four nights a week. I'm just in our jam spot. We record a lot, that kind of stuff, and just have fun. Oh, man. We're a bunch of old dads just making a, <laughs> a bloody racket. There's good. nothing greater. It's, you know, know, they say all comics are frustrated musicians, and all musicians are frustrated comics. <laughs> it's certainly true in my case i can't play a lick my son somewhere uh inherited uh you know a great ability to play by ear and so it's exciting to watch him sort of blossom but man i just i can't can't sing can't play but uh i i love being around it it's, it, it it seems to me like there can't be anything greater than making music with other people yeah the life i love is making music with my friends as william <laughs> nelson once said yes <laughs> good stuff johnny if i may it's it's been a pleasure really appreciate you making time and uh supporting the show and uh everybody go check out john's show if you haven't subscribe on itunes subscribe on stitcher go to hack the entrepreneur.com 
and check out the show. Thanks a lot, John. Absolutely my pleasure, Kevin. Thank you. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Truth About Marketing podcast. If you like this show and you think other people would like this show, the best way to spread the word is by reviewing and rating the show in iTunes. Just log in, click review, leave a big old fat five-star review, and let everybody know that you dig the show so that they can dig it too. To get all the links and resources we mentioned on today's episode, please go to copychief.com forward slash T-A-M, as in truth about marketing. And if you'd like to learn more about how you can improve your sales copy with uh, templates, formulas, coaching, feedback, or hiring a pro, do all that on the inside of the members area of copychief.com. And I will look for you there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.